Welcome to lap 9 of the Loose Wheel Nut Podcast. I am, of course, your host, Dean. Thanks for joining us once again. Appreciate it. And that's it. The F1 2022 season is officially over. Um, seen some things on Twitter. Let's talk about F1 Twitter. Seen some things on there which said the season was boring. Um, I, I don't agree with it. You know, I've, I, meant, I think I mentioned a couple of the other podcasts. Um, I think it was a good season. I think new technical regs. Um, I genuinely think that um, the the teams have been closer after these technical regulation changes than in the past. We've seen obviously the dominance of Mercedes, the dominance of Red Bull, Ferrari in the past. This time, yes, it was a dominant display by Red Bull this season, um, and I'm going to get into that. But I think overall the teams have been a lot closer. Um, I was looking at a graphic this morning where it was showing you the points tallies of drivers from last season to this season. And, you know, you can clearly see that a lot more drivers have been in point scoring positions a lot more this season than, say, in the past. So I do believe that these regulations have worked, have changed the way the game is getting played now, which is brilliant um, for for fans. Um, but we're going to start off with some news this week, and then I've got a bit of a twist on the season review, because I'm just a podcast by myself. I was thinking, the way I might do the season review is do it team by team over the next few weeks, because that fills in the winter break, and then obviously we'll be ready for... The, season moving forward. Let's get started with the news that Matteo Bonotto has resigned his from his position at Ferrari. Um absolute joke. Don't don't believe that it should be happening. Don't believe the guy deserves to have to move on. I think if you look from where he started the team off when he's come in, they've they've made strides forward. How it's ended up that he's now decided to hand his resignation in is beyond us. But from what we can see online is that it's looking like him and Charles have had a bit of a spat. And obviously the Ferrari board have put all their weight behind the fact Charles Leclerc is their driver going forward. And regardless of anybody, nobody's getting in the way of that. So step aside. You can either go yourself or you can be pushed out the door. That's the way it looks to me. I could be wrong. Um, I think, you know, the interview where Charles has, has said he doesn't know what's happening in the future, obviously whether if Mercedes come knocking, he's going to sign for them. What I don't understand is these sort of interviews, why the Ferrari board are paying any attention to it is beyond me because first of all Charles Leclerc is not going to Mercedes he's not like he's, he's just not second of all Fred Vasseur to come in as team principal of Ferrari there's this massive rumour going around the paddock that, it, that Fred Vasseur could be I'm sorry but I, I, I don't see that either Um, so summing it up Charles Leclerc has had this interview the Ferrari board have then basically jumped on Matteo's back about it 
and now Matteo feels like, well, I'm 100% confident in my ability. I've done this, this, and this. I'm going to resign. Because the way, I, the way I'm seeing it is that Matteo clearly doesn't think Charles is going to win them the Drivers' Championship. But I said this a few laps ago, a few podcasts ago, is that basically Charles Leclerc will not become a Drivers' Champion because he makes too many mistakes. He's either putting it in the wall, he's missing the apexes, he's doing... Don't get us wrong, he's a fast driver, and on his day, he's so good, He's honestly. But to consistently bring that throughout the season, he can't do it. So far, when you look across his career, he cannot do that consistently throughout the season. Um, If you look at Max, for, for example, I think this season he had basically one, two incidents... One of them, he, he does a 360 while he's winning the race anyway and, and and still manages to be fine. When you've got it like that, that's different. That that then you know you've got every chance of winning the World Drivers' Championship. When you're making silly mistakes like Charles does, you're not going to win the championship. So for Ferrari to basically hang their hat on Charles' shoulder and say, right, this is, this is your playground, mate. We're going to do everything in our power for you. But then let the guy who's brought success back to the team, you know, the, the car's winning, the car's fast, it, it the, the finished second this year, for them just to go, oh, no, we're happy if you accept your resignation. I don't get it. I feel for Benotto. I think um, very odd decision. There was a there was a thing. What was it from since twenty fourteen? Ferrari have had six team principals in the in that space of time. Red Bull have obviously had Christian Horner since I think it was two thousand five, and Total Wolf's been there at Mercedes for just I think it was just over ten years, just under ten years, twenty thirteen, twenty twelve, something like that. Consistency brings success. And yet Ferrari, once again, doing what Ferrari do, hitting the... Pa- it reminds us so much of Renault, just the, 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 the panic. And then they just slam any idea forward and say, this is the way we're going to go. I've put me flag in the ground. Charles Leclerc will not be a world driver's champion, um, especially while he's making the mistakes that he makes. You know, it, don't get us wrong... He knows that them them mistakes are his because as soon as he's done it, he, he's harsh on himself. He comes into his media interviews, and he'll tell the media and everybody that he's sorry. It was his fault. It was this. Yes, Ferrari haven't had the the best of luck this season. The strategy's been a bit silly. They've made some crucial mistakes in in high profile times, if you want to put it that way. But. What you take from that is that they were in that position. Yes, they've got to iron out some kinks, but they were in the position of being able to win the race if it wasn't for said strategy call, if it wasn't for this, it wasn't for that. Having it, that was brought because Bernardo got them there. And I just... I mean, it's the world of Formula 1, right? We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how it's going to happen. And 90% of the time in Formula 1... When something's said, done, and then it's denied, you know that it's pretty much on the cards and that it's going to happen. Um, yeah, so very, very, uh, very odd. 
decision from both Ferrari and Bernardo to to go that route. In, in my my opinion, but you know, my opinion is worth absolutely not. So, um, Mercedes renamed the road at the Team HQ Louder Drive in respect of Nicky Louder. I think it, it's nice. It's it's a good touch. Um, obviously there was a picture of Toto placing Nicky's cap on the on the end of the street sign. It would be nice if they could implement that somehow by. Uh, you know, some sort of maybe bronze cap or something that can sit on the edge of the street sign. Um, that would that would be a nice touch as well. But you know, Nicky has a, you know, it's down to him really that Hamilton signed for Mercedes. Um, and look at the success they went on to have. Um, you know, a fantastic, fantastic guy. Watching documentaries about how he recovered from his accident and things like that so it, it's a really nice touch from Mercedes to to obviously have have that um, and it's crazy to think that like time just goes on but you know you have to do these things to to remind us of the people that will that will lose so and a, a very nice touch from Mercedes yeah, I, I, re- I really enjoyed seeing that um, more news more news is Nicholas Latifi has come out and said my worst year in what was a crucial year. Um, Nicholas, let's let's be honest, mate. You've never let the the lap screen times on fire. Um, unfortunately, you're right. It it wasn't a good year for you. But I'm going to get into Williams's season in a second. Um, we've got a couple of things to talk about in regards to that. Uh, obviously, their season review. Logan Sargent announces his race number, which is is number two, which was um, Stoffel's race number. So um, that's become a become available. Um, and what's it saying here? Williams driver Logan Sargent has become the latest 2023 rookie to announce what permanent number he will have plastered on the front of his car. So he's been. Optimistic, you know, Max is number one, Logan Sargent is number two. Um, no, it's good that he's getting the points, it's good that he's in there. Um, I know they obviously give him a load of lap time, and like I said in the last lap, I think it was just that, like, get yourself around the track, don't do anything stupid, just get the mileage in, make sure that, um, you know, you, you, you can actually get the super license. I was listening to Three Legs, Four Wheels podcast, and they said. Um, that there was a technicality where basically he, as long as he even done like I think it was three laps or something in an F two race, he had enough points anyway by then, um, because he didn't get any penalty points throughout the season, so he got an extra two super license points. So it it was pretty much on the cards that he was going to be there, and my shoulder just clicked. Jeez, um, so that's that's good. Um, good for good for. Um, good for Logan. And what else have we got here? Oh, McLaren announced IndyCar champ Alex Palou is a Palou. I'm, I'm not quite sure. Is a reserve driver. So, um, well done, Alex, because it seems that becoming a reserve driver is the best thing in the world right now. So, fantastic news for Alex. Um, obviously that was a dig at the whole Red Bull Danny Ricciardo thing. I mean, is is there ever been any more hype for a third driver than 
than what's been given to Danny Ricardo for this Red Bull return. I, I just... He's a he's a good driver, and like I've said before, if you're going to be in F1, you have to, even Lance Stroll has to be some sort of a good driver to drive a Formula One car. These aren't just standard, you know, put it in first and go sort of machines. But he he refuses to be a number two driver to Max. He then moves on through a very controversial fashion of just basically. You know, Red Bull were on the verge of renewing his contract at the time. They were done. They were ready. He then rings them up and says, no, no, I'm going to Renault. He fails at Renault massively. Now, that could be the car. That could be himself. He picked it up by the end of his second season, which, by the way, he'd already announced he was leaving to go to McLaren before he'd even driven the car. Um, And then he comes to McLaren and does absolutely horrendous now, the next thing is, it's an amazing deal that they've signed him as a reserve driver and all this hoo-harry. So, Daniel Ricciardo signs for Red Bull as the third driver. Does that now put pressure on Perez to say, know your place, do as you're told, and don't ask questions? Because that's where it seems to me. And I could be wrong, I could be wrong, but I think it was a move to shut Perez up. And say, look, if you don't do it, he will. He he's realised his place in Formula One. He understands what he's what what he's going to. Daniel Ricciardo's never going to be a world driver's champion, and he knows that now. So basically, do your job, be quiet. I I, I genuinely think that's what they've done. I think they brought Daniel Ricciardo in just to give Perez that little bit of a. He's waiting there, mate. If if you see anything else, if you complain, if you come on the radio, if if anything happens like what happened in Brazil, then your seat's gone. You know, actually, it wouldn't surprise us if Danny does the, the this season, twenty twenty three as the third driver and twenty twenty four years in that car. To be honest, it, it would not surprise us one bit. Um, but yeah, it's amazing how you know these things happen and yeah. Aye, so I don't know. What can we what can we see? What can we see? So let's have a look at I like looking at the Formula One website and, and letting all the actual journalists do all the hard work and then I just come and read this stuff to you. Now if you've never if you if you don't partake in Formula One that much, it makes me sound like a blooming genius and yet here I am just reading stuff from the internet, which is fantastic. Um Obviously, like I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna do each team. I think week by week because that'll help spread out the winter break. I, I you know, I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm by myself. I don't have guests lined up. I don't have anybody else to like bump off. So if I do it that way, that gives us basically ten weeks of talking absolute nonsense about every team up until the new season starts, and then I can start talking nonsense about the races again, which is what I like to do. Um. Max Verstappen, fifteen wins says it all. It, it it is. It was a tremendous season for Max. To be honest, it was it was easy. I think I don't even think Red Bull were expecting how easy that was. So that was good. Um, George Russell fitting in perfectly at Mercedes. He really has. I think he's he's done really well. I mean, I slated George a little bit for his performances here and there, but you know you deserve that when you're slamming into cars and. But um. 
this one I don't agree. Charles Leclerc, he took the fight to Max right from the start. Well, did he? I mean, obviously Red Bull had DNFs at the beginning of the season. And then once they sort of got that sorted, Max was gone. So I'm not really sure what sort of fight Charles took to Max. I, I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not agreeing with that. I, I don't agree with it. Um, if you actually look at the season as a whole, Ferrari was sort of fighting within themselves more than they were um, fighting Red Bull, to be honest. Which is a, I think that's more of an honest opinion of their season. Will Buxton, oh, yeah, Will, Will's, yeah, mm. Will's gone on a weird one at the minute. Lando Norris pulled a P5 car into positions it shouldn't have been in. On a, well, I don't agree with that either. I think McLaren could have sewn up the P4 position if it wasn't for how bad Daniel Ricciardo performed for McLaren, um, which was terrible, let's be honest. So, yeah, if if Daniel had actually put some effort in... <laughs> no, <laughs> Puts it. I'm sure he was putting plenty of effort in. Don't. Um. Yeah. So if he'd actually been able to get hold of the car and actually try and, you know, um, do something, then I'm sure McLaren would have secured fourth place because, you know, Alonso had so many reliability issues. But never mind. Um. So yeah, so twenty twenty two season probably what was me, what was my best race of twenty twenty two. I always, I mean, I've got me, I've got me favorite tracks anyway, and, and and I mean, Spa's a bit meh, isn't it? I don't, I don't know what's going on there. We're gonna to have to maybe sort that out. I love Silverstone. I, I obviously just the event itself, the crowds, the the people. But just 2022 as a whole has been an amazing year for Formula 1. It's on this trajectory at the minute where it's just getting better and better and better. Um, Circuit of the Americas, fantastic race, good good whole event. Um, Brazil, uh, I mean, it's just, you know, these events get put on and, and they do literally, like, when you see them, when you see the effort that goes in, just across the board, you know, you've got to remember this is more than just 20 drivers. This is hundreds and hundreds of people who are driving trucks, who are moving freight, who are setting things up, forklifts, you know, painting, uh, marshals, volunteer marshals, you know, massive job they do for the season. It's just, it's an absolutely insane, um, an insane bit of work that goes in just to put this whole weekend on you know you've got formula two obviously we had the w series and um, then you've got formula one as well porsche cup and th- things like that so when you look at the amount of work that goes in you know you've got to just like take a step back and go wow the, the amount of effort that goes into to, to have this on our screens to to see it live in person is just in- incredible from mechanics to drivers to team crew members to you know truck drivers all the way across the whole paddock it it takes some effort and and i think 2022 has been absolutely brilliant for formula one i think you know 
if Drive to Survive was to have stopped last season, I genuinely think Formula One in itself this season has done enough to keep hold of Drive to Survive fans and to bring in more fans itself. Um, so just a, a a brilliant, absolutely brilliant season from from everybody. I, I just think from everybody. So um, let's get into drivers. So we're going to talk Williams because they were the last ones in the constructors. Now I was going to do it where I was going to pick randomly um, who I was going to do week in week out so I was going to either have obviously um, for example just pick out the hat say Aston Martin or Alpine or whatever but I think I'll just go down the constructors and then we're building up ready to speak about the champions right before the new season starts I'm going to go in at that that sort of strategy I think it'll be good um, Williams had a, a it was a weird one because this was a season where it opened it opened up for teams to really close a gap with the top three. I don't think that gap's been closed at all. If anything, the top three are the top three. Um, but we'll get into them later on. Williams, I think, if they were to reflect on the season, which they will do, they'll have debriefs, they'll have, obviously, key meetings with the board and directors and everything... They're going to look at this season and see we fell short a touch. If you look at Alex's record for the season, it's not that... It, when you look at how bad the car looks in the standings, it doesn't look that bad when you look at Alex's sort of results. Um, He's, he's in the top 10 there and thereabouts. He's around about the sort of 10, 11, 12 players. Like, throughout the season, like, looking... I've just whacked my elbow off my desk... Looking at the whole season, there's a couple of the, uh, quite a few DNFs, which, if I remember, a lot of the DNFs for Williams weren't anything to do with power, well, they might have been power unit, but they weren't, like, when you look at how reliable a Mercedes was, what Lewis's retirement was the first mechanical retirement for Mercedes all season. So, you know, they've got a Mercedes in the back of their car at Williams. So the DNFs, you know, he's had quite a few this season, and, and not poor Alonso's moaning about DNFs. Well, Alex has had just just as many, um, but consistently, he's pretty much been there or thereabouts. Um, I'm just looking down here now at the stand. Brazil fifteenth, um, Hungary seventeenth, so and Spain eighteenth. So really, other than that, he's he's been up there now. Interesting fact is, nobody's talking about it. Nobody's mentioning that Alex has come into Williams, he's done a really good job. You've got to think that he, he didn't um, compete for... Um, was it Spain? I'm going to say... No, which race was it that De Vries... Monaco... It wasn't Monaco, you dumbbell. It was Monza, sorry. Monza. Monaco. Um... Yeah, because Monza's not on his list here. So, yeah, so he didn't compete in Monza. Um, so you've got to think, consistently, Alex has done a fantastic job. Um, obviously, Monza, he didn't compete, appendicitis, which opened the door for Nick de Vries, and then we know the whole story about Nick de Vries getting sent here, there, and everywhere, and stuff happening with Piastri and Pierre Gasly, and, you know, the driver market as it does. But for Alex, I think... 
he can he can reflect on a really good season. He, you know, he sits there over his Christmas holidays, absolutely over the moon with what he's brought to the team. Um, I genuinely believe Alex was not like given a, a really good chance at Red Bull. Um, I, th- I think Red Red Bulls see the data; they understand what they're looking for. Um, whereas fans, we just see performance. But when you look, he had a lot of bad luck with Red Bull. You know, the, the incident with Lewis spinning him around and stuff. It, it, I think he's a good driver. I think he's in the right team at the minute. Will it help him get back up to the top of the grid? I, I don't think so. I think it's it's um, too little, too late in that regard. But you know, at the end of the day. You can turn around and you can say you're a Formula One driver with any Formula One team, and that's an amazing achievement. So, fair play to Alex. Obviously, he picked up a few points for the season. I think he picked up four points, which was half the tally for Williams in the full season. Um, and even that, when when you look at Williams' season as a whole, you, you, you sort of realise that. Um, just click me mouse. I know it's annoying, but I've had to, I've had to do it. Um, eight, yeah, eight points for Williams. Um, I mean a mile off. Even the, the next worst team. Now I've hit me microphone. Oh, honestly, um, the next best team, which was Alpha Tauri. But uh, personally, I think Williams. They look like they've they've got a direction they're going in. Um, it's been proven that on the straight that it's been one of the fastest cars out there. Obviously, a lot of drag on that car, and if they can tweak it for next season, maybe they'll be able to pick up a few more positions, a few more points. I really think, and this is no disrespect to Nicholas, but I, I think now Nicholas is moving on. Um, I, I genuinely think that um, it, it that's a good thing for for the team. Um, Logan coming in now. I'm not going to lie. I I don't really know a massive amount about Logan. Um, I haven't. I, I'm not a massive uh, fan of obviously um, of Formula Two. Um, I do watch it when if I, if I'm waiting or something on a weekend or something for qualifying or something. I'll have it on, but I, you know. But once again, it's a it's a young guy coming in with an opportunity to show what he's got, to show what he's made of, um, and we've seen that as long as you keep your head down give some consistency of course you're going to make mistakes you're a rookie you, you, you know you're going to have their moments but as long as most of it is consistent then moving forward it's um it's a good thing for the team i think american driver is going to be a, is massive for them merchandise wise reaching out obviously into, into the states for that um so i think you know with logan and alex the team seem to be heading in the right direction. The car this season, um, it was a bit rough and ready, very stripped down because obviously paint and the weight that they were trying to save weight, so it was it was it was stripped down to bare bones pretty much. But like I said, in parts it had it was one of the fastest cars on the straight. It's just obviously when it was coming to the corners. You know, we've got to remember all these cars suffering at the beginning of the season of Porpison. Um having to like obviously get used to get into that frame of like lifting the car. You lose a lot of obviously downforce by lifting the car from the ground because these cars use what's called ground effect, which means that the air flows 
underneath the car, sucking it to the ground. Um, this was to try and implement, obviously, the, the wake coming off the car, what they call wake coming off the cars to help cars follow each other. Um, and when you lift the back end to obviously cure the porpoising, obviously you're losing part of your downforce. So when it comes to sort of your, your medium corners and things like that, you've got to slow down a bit more to make sure you get round there. And even a couple of tenths here and there is massive in Formula 1. But yes, a lot of the teams are saying that they've sort of figured this out. I don't believe that. I, I believe... Um, that there's still going to be that annoying sound as you as you on board and you hear the car just it's it's the worst sound in the world. Um, I still think we'll hear that next season. Um, because it is a massive issue for every team across the board. Uh, but you have to work with it. You have to adapt to it, and you have to make sure that you you know your your engineering department can can figure it out as best as I can. You know, obviously Mercedes saying that they they figured it out for next season. Mm, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. Um so technically Williams had three drivers this season with obviously um Alex Al Albon, Nicholas Latifi and Nick DeVries. Nick came in and done a fantastic job and that was the that was it for Latifi after that. Um when you've got Nick coming in jumping in the car and performing the way he did and Latifi's still miles behind you, you, you know there's no excuse for that there's no sort of way you can um, put any sort of cherries on that to make it look better than what it was it was it was an absolute handing from De Vries to Latifi and that was the end of Latifi's you know Williams don't need the money now I, well, I, I assume they won't need the money as much. Obviously, money is money, and, and, and it'll come in handy. But, you know, what, what, they've got these investors now who can invest what you, the, the lose from the Latifi deal that can bring in, um, like I say, Logan Sargent going in there. There's probably They've probably got sponsorship deals from across America for bringing in Logan. So, yeah, um, that was Latifi's bank of rights. He, he was done. Um, and it was it was an all right season for Williams. I think, like I say, the handling of the car. Um, there was a few times where you sort of look at the the way it performed with the tyres. Not that I think these have been the best tyres for Formula One, but we have to remember that the tyres were tested on a twenty twenty one car for twenty twenty two car specs. Um, Pirelli. I think we'll have a better understanding for next season moving forward when it comes to the tyres, which is a good thing. It is a good thing. But, um, yeah, it it was an alright season. I think if you were to look at the past two seasons before this for Williams and you look at the progression that's been made, it has been a small step, but it's been a step where you can actually see this progression. You can actually see that the team's now just slowly starting to move in the right direction, move forward. Are there going to be, you know, world beaters again? Of course not. Um, I'm wondering how long the name stays in the team. I think if the right deal comes along, then the Williams name disappears from Formula One or in some way 
becomes less implemented on the core. Um, you know, I've got a feeling that there'll be a massive sponsorship deal or something for next season, and it's going to be more about the sponsor's name than the Williams name. Obviously, history of the team is amazing, but things do move on, and it's going to be interesting seeing the direction the team goes next season. Um, it's it's I'm I'm sort of hard pushed trying to drag this conversation out to be fair because um, in all they were a bit crap, weren't they? I mean I'm trying to be positive about it <laughs> for, the, for any Williams fans out there, but yeah it was a, it was a crap season. Um, Alex done a good job though, and I think he needs a bit more of a praise for that. I think he needs you know I think people need to sort of really give him a bit of a round of applause for what he's done with Williams. He's he's come in, he's made that team his own straight away. Um, and I just think that shows the calibre of driver that he is. When you look at, obviously, George Russell, Lando Norris, Alex Albon, Charles Leclerc, all these lads who grew up together, were caught together and stuff like that, that, there is a real pool of talent there. And Alex has come in and said, well, I deserve to be here. Um, so, well done, Alex, for a good season. Um, I'm I'm sad to say that if you go, but it won't be like I won't dwell on it and forever wonder what's happened in life because Latifi's not here in Formula One, and obviously De Vries signs up with Alpha Tauri next season, so that's going to be interesting. Definitely, but um, yeah, it was an alright season for Williams. It wasn't, it wasn't anything blow blow me away type thing. Um, any more news before we wave? Let's have a look. Russell insists Mercedes have a lot of positives to take from 2022. If you say so, George, I don't believe that. I believe you're still as confused about that car as you were a few months ago. Um, Sonora reveals how feeling relaxed helped him become a bit... Well, he still has his moments, doesn't he, Sonora? He's a bit of a bit of a hothead. Absolute um, cracker. And have we got it? Oh, driver market. Oh, look at this. Yes, so this is the Red Bull confirmed Ricardo to return. Honestly, absolute pile of poop. Not worth reading. More news. Let's click on more news just quickly. We'll just quickly make sure we've run through everything. Um... Biggest drivers, best shocks, no, louder drive, Bernardo, I, I still can't believe the whole Bernardo thing, that's just absolutely blew me to be fair, Um. oh yes, there we go, see, good job I checked, running a bit of a time, Ross Braun has stepped away from his position in Formula 1, says he's going to be enjoying some fishing, chilling out, bit of a bit of a weird time for him to bloom and step away when Bernardo resigns, if you want to look at it in a conspiracy way, is that anything to do with him going back to Ferrari? I would find it very odd that he doesn't have to take some sort of gardening leave from Formula 1 um, if that was the case because I would think it's very tricky to go into a Formula 1 team after actually running the organisation so that would be easy uh, a bit, something to sort out um, but yes, Ross fantastic career, I mean you know, what he did with Ferrari, what he's did with Braun JP. Uh, then he moves to Mercedes, and Mercedes just obviously dominate the sport. 
he moves from Mercedes into a role in F1, and F1 just becomes the the juggernaut that it is right now, with you know highest crowds ever, and it's just moving in a brilliant direction. And and Ross has been a massive part of that. So Ross, fair play to you. Um, good luck in the future. I hope you enjoy your fishing. I'm not a fishing type of guy myself. I find it very boring, but who cares about me? <laughs> anyway, um. And Seb, Seb's gone, but obviously I'll be talking about Seb when I get to Aston Martin in the standings. But that's it, that's the checkered flag for this week. Um, thanks for joining us. Obviously, I'm on the usual social media things of Twitter, um, at Loose Wheelnut, on Facebook, Loose Wheelnut Podcast. You can email us at loosewheelnutpod at yahoo.com, I think, at yahoo.com or .co.uk, well, one of the two, I don't know. It'll be in the show description. But on that note, thanks for joining us. Have a nice week. I will speak to you next week when we will be talking about Alpha Tauri and probably more news in Formula One. Bye.